Hi everyone, my name is Julie Jordan O'Brien. I'm working as an advanced nurse practitioner in the plastic surgery department at Beaumont Hospital in Ireland. I'm looking after patients who are in need of reconstructive surgery. You are now listening to a Yuma podcast. Yuma is an abbreviation for the European Wound Management Association. Yuma is a not-for-profit umbrella organization linking national wound management organizations, individuals and groups with an interest in wound care. Are you curious about the latest trends and topics in within wound management? Do you have 20 minutes to spare? Then this Yuma brand new podcast might be for you. Yuma Podcasts is a place for discussion and learning where you can also listen more about the work of other experts and peers in your field. Today we will talk about what is patient-centered wound care. Who is in charge of the wound? Georgina Gethin, Yuma's council member, senior lecturer and head of school and midwifery at the National University of Ireland, has kindly agreed to join us today and discuss person-centered care approach to healthcare. Georgina is the editor of the Yuma document, Person-Centred Care, Patient Empowerment in Wound Management, that is planned to be published in spring or summer 2020 in the Journal of Wound Care. So welcome, Georgina. Thank you, Julian. Delighted to be here. It's wonderful to hear patient-centred wound care. Finally. Yes. We've got there. So let's start at the beginning. Do you want to tell us what it is? So I guess it is what it says it is, in a way. It is talking about and trying to put into action the approach to our management, which puts the patient at the centre of everything we do. Wonderful. Whether it's in terms of our planning of services, whether it's in terms of planning of a treatment plan, but it's with the patient at the centre and they are our focus. So the the name of the conference this year is Patient Centred Care, so isn't that wonderful? Yeah, it's been fantastic. So we've had that theme running throughout the conference. So for example, uh, at our opening session, Klaus gave a really moving and very, uh, I suppose, insightful presentation of what it is to live with the risk of a pressure ulcer or with a pressure ulcer. Mm -hmm. And he himself had a spinal injury 35 years ago, so he was well positioned to discuss that. He was amazing. Yeah, he was. It was. It was really fantastic just to listen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then throughout the conference, we've had other um, events and uh, presentations. So, for example, we have a patient panel meeting. Mm-hmm. The very last session of the conference is also focused right on patients and getting their experiences. And. Various things then throughout the conference have included uh, a patient-centred approach. Yeah, wow. So, like, it's, it's really putting the patient right there at the centre, mm. which is the first time we're not kind of the experts. The patient has now become the expert, mm. would you say? To, to really believe in and to really action what patient-centred care is, we have to take a partnership approach. Mm-hmm. So they are part of the team. Mm-hmm. And patients have said to me in some of our work, they've said, you know, we are experts. Mm-hmm. We are the ones who are living with the wound. We know what the signs and symptoms of infection or pain or whatever else is going on. So if we really are to believe in an action, what a patient-centered uh, care plan is, then the patient is part of that team and they are there in their own right as an expert in that field. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And was there a malignant wound session as well? Yeah, so that was a, a fantastic session where we looked at assessing the actual wound and assessing the patients. And what came to the fore in that was that, you know, oftentimes when we look at assessing a wound, we look at how much exudate there is or how bad the odour is or what the size of it is and so on. And they're important things. They're, sure. They're, they really do help in uh, looking at a treatment plan. 
But when it comes to malignant wounds, it takes a different approach. It's very patient-centered. So the key question is, and I would argue it's the key question we should be asking in a person-centered approach is, what is important to you? So by asking the patient, what's important to you, or what is the problem you want addressed? Then we are addressing their needs first and foremost. So for a person with particularly a malignant wound, uh, which is not going to heal, mm-hmm. then what might be important to them, for example, is it could be pain control, it could be having a dressing that doesn't leak, it could be not having an odour. Mm-hmm. So, or it could be something like, I would still like to go swimming and I want a dressing that will actually allow me to do that. So by saying, what is important to you? What are your goals? Then we are starting to live that philosophy of a patient-centered approach. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, we're kind of working as a part of the person being a part of the team, very would you say? Very much so, very much so. And the, the Darcy report in the UK actually put it very succinctly and very clearly, and it said, no decision about me without me. Yeah, yeah. And I think when you step back and you just look at that statement and then you also look at the question when you should ask the patient, what is it that's troubling you? What is it that has brought you here? What is it that your problem is? Then we're saying that we are going to answer their needs. Mm-hmm. And do you think that, you know, if, if we listen to our patients and we get that goal of the week or whatever it is that they want as their number one topic, do you think, you know, we, we could maybe get more trust from them or more, you know, hate to use the word compliance or concordance, mm-hmm. but do you think they'd meet us halfway with, you know, their goals and their ambitions? I think it's a process. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, um, we were we were chatting earlier and I said, you know, I'm in nursing a long time. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, not... not we've been around either. the block, Georgina. We've been here a while. <laughs> but... Um, you know, when I started out in nursing, well, it was what the doctor said you did. And the the whole approach was, here is the treatment and we are telling you what that treatment is. And But also, at that time, I think patients were very much, well, I'll do what the doctor says mm. I need to do. So the, the patient and the public were in that space and so were we, probably as clinicians. But over my time... I see that has changed. So we've much more team approach to uh, what we do. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, we are uh, bringing in, you know, the input from so many members, whether it's the physiotherapist, the nurse, the podiatrist, the doctor, whoever it is. We're saying this needs a team in order to manage this. And now we're going further again and we're saying, no, actually, the patient should be part of that team. But I think alongside of that, and I said you know, a while ago that the patients accepted what they were being told to do mm. and they didn't question. Whereas now we see a new generation of people coming through who do question. And they question, and rightly so. And they're not going to just accept something that doesn't meet their needs as well. So I think the two have changed together. But there's still a long way to go. But I think if we were just to look back over the last even 10 years, I think we've made a lot of advances in this space. Yeah, I I would agree. I I think we have come a long way, despite the fact that, uh, you know, I think maybe 
we didn't really heed our patients that much in the past, although we wanted to make them better and we had their best intentions. I think it's only now that we're listening to what's the most important thing for them, that we're really getting their trust and that Mm -hmm. the multidisciplinary team are starting to not work in silos as such, but Mm -hmm. work together and communicate together, which is a super thing, I think. Uh, So do you think that, um, you know, living with a wound and if we can kind of listen to them, that we will get their trust and that, you know, patients will probably be more uh, compliant with Mm. admission or attending clinics Mm. and, you know, sort of, you know, following up on the process or, you know, getting their participation in owning their wound? Yeah, I think I think it is a process and, you know, they do own the wound. Mm. We don't own it. So regardless of what we think might be the best course of action, we do not own the wound. I think when you look generally, um, you know, uh, we had a, a meeting this morning looking at lifestyle factors and how that uh, could affect wound healing and, and a document that we're hoping to, to, to get working on. But, you know, if we all drove at the right speed and ate the fri- five fruit and vegetables a day and... It's 10 now, Georgina. It's 10, it's 10 failing, now. Then I'm still failing. <laughs> you know, went to bed at the right time. Then we'd all be perfect. Sure, sure. So we cannot magically expect that uh, patients who have a wound are suddenly going to be, you know, even more perfect. Yeah. So we have to we have to be reasonable but we also have to and i think we do when i say we have to i don't mean that we're not doing it you know somebody who develops a chronic wound there's no pretty wounds mm. they're they're pretty ugly things to have and that affects somebody that affects how they feel about themselves it affects their body image and if that wound then is also perhaps uh, very painful or it's very malodorous then that's another thing that somebody has to deal with. And they may be dealing with that alongside dealing with perhaps diabetes or you know, uh, other uh, health problems. So the, you can st- it's almost like you're asking somebody to carry a burden and okay, I can carry this amount for a while, but the more you keep putting on, I'm going to... It's more stressful, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And we do know that um, from various research studies that uh, patients with chronic wounds and certain uh, groups of patients have higher levels of depression. Mm -hmm. They also have higher levels of social isolation Mm -hmm. and feelings of shame and sometimes Mm -hmm. revulsion depending on on some of the the wounds. And we have to be mindful of that so that when we meet patients, particularly for some of us who may meet somebody for the first time, we may be looking at a different approach to what's happening. We have to come back again and again to introducing an idea or a concept. We cannot expect that somebody will just be accepting of this straight away. So we have to take our time. We have to go back again. And particularly, we we don't know what else is going on in somebody's life Mm -hmm. that is trying to deal with this situation. And I think it's just to be, just to be aware of that. And I think, I I think, you know, a lot of clinicians, vast majority are very empathetic and they're very understanding so I think we just have to be patient sometimes and say yeah we want to listen to you and we want to take on board what you're saying and it will take time for patients also to feel that they can do that Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this, you know, it is an evolving process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we, we, we tend to have a very young population who are interested in technology. And then we have an elderly population mm-hmm. who have, you know, living longer, who aren't so, mm-hmm. you know, they have a bit of technophobia mm-hmm. going on, but they're willing to collaborate mm-hmm. and work with the multidisciplinary team. Mm-hmm. So do you think chronic wounds are on the increase? And mm-hmm. 
I think they are, but it's interesting. I heard your podcast with uh, Professor Armstrong, and he talked about uh, sensors being in stockings and things yeah, like that. And, yeah. I mean, that's just brilliant. You know, you 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 listen to that, you think, wow. And but it won't suit everybody, but neither does one size fit all anyway. So it'll exactly. suit certain people. So yeah. I think. Um, always finding different avenues to approach things mm-hmm. is going to be really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's quite a challenge for us mm-hmm. in chronic wound care to manage all the other comorbidities that yeah. go with it because the focus is on the wound all the yeah. time, isn't it? Yeah. So how do we get people to rise to those challenges mm-hmm. as such um, within the patient-centred document? I think it goes back to what, for me, is the central thing, is understanding what is important to the individual mm-hmm. if we can really understand that so for example healing is a, is a really important outcome who mm-hmm. doesn't want a wound to heal because you know that's that's a good thing but for the individual patient and we know from uh, interviews with patients that many of them have recurrent ulcers so they have said to us we know it will heal but what's really important is how do I stop it from coming back again sure yeah so for us, if we were only to look at healing, we're missing what it is that mm-hmm. is important to them. So we need to now focus much more of our research on prevention and prevention of reoccurrence. So they're the kind of things that we can learn when we just simply talk to one another mm-hmm. and work mm-hmm. together. So don't just let them off the hook, more or less follow them for a longer period. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. And yeah. see, you know, as I say, particularly leg ulcers or even diabetic foot ulcers, they, you know, they've huge reoccurrence rate Mm -hmm. so we may see you know mrs smith going out the door that has a healed leg ulcer and we could all pat ourselves on the back and think we've done something wonderful but mrs smith might be going out the door thinking really worried you know this is going to come back again Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. how do i you know can somebody help me that this doesn't come back again so education such as this document will help to yeah. support them, I suppose, won't yeah. it? Yeah. So what, what we feel with this document, we think it's coming at the right time. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think if we brought this out five years ago, it wouldn't have been the right time. I sure. think now is the right time. Yeah. So what we want to do is, first of all, look, what is the definition of uh, patient-centred care? What does that actually mean? What, and we're going to ask the patients that as well, mm-hmm. not just us. Um, ask, ask the experts. Ask the experts as well. Absolutely, ask yeah. Ask the experts. And then arising out of that, we're going to look at the literature around uh, patient-centred care. And it's going to be described in different ways. So this is going to take a little bit of work. And then to come up with some recommendations and some uh, education supports for clinicians and patients. So we'll be coming up to say, with ideas, for example, for patients, here's some questions you should be asking. You know, and it could be asking, like, what sort of foods should I eat or, you know, so that they become better equipped or more empowered to ask the questions. Yeah. yeah. And we're then hoping that the clinicians will also take this on board in terms of knowing some of the issues maybe to address, because some patients may be very shy and not ask. So Mm -hmm. they can say, but here are some foods that we think you should have in Mm -hmm. your diet or whatever. So that's... That's where this document will go. Mm -hmm. So instead of standing over the patient telling them what to do, we want to sit down with them and meet them face to face and describe what it is they want and what can they do to help their wound progress. So that's really exciting. You Mm. must be looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. We've work has started already on it and we're delighted with that. And we have some sponsors for the document as well, which is uh, fantastic. And then when we meet in London in 
May 2020. of 2020, yeah, for our next conference. Uh, we hope to be able to present that at one of the key sessions. And we also hope that at that conference we'll have more patients coming along. So, again, furthering that level of engagement. Super. Yeah. I look forward to it. Thank It'll you, be Julie. fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, will I just wrap up or have you anything else to add, Georgina? No, I, I think it's. I thank you very much for the opportunity to speak about the document. It's very exciting. I'm looking forward yeah, to this project. And speak about the work of Yuma, and we're very much committed to uh, advancing the research and developments in wound care. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we're we're looking forward to this, and we look forward to welcoming people to our conference in London. And mm-hmm. just keep an eye on our website for details about that conference. Mm-hmm. And I must say, as a nurse, and you're both we're both very experienced nurses. It's wonderful to hear such a dedicated mm-hmm. document to patient-centered care because mm-hmm. they're the ones that we're trying to treat every day. Yeah. So it is a wonderful and exciting uh, mm-hmm. project. So, um, on a final note, you've been listening to the Yuma podcast on patient wound-centred care. Who is in charge of the wound? If you want to learn more about Yuma activities, you can go to visit our website on www.ewma.org or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn or Instagram at Yuma Wound. Keep in mind that the Yuma organising every year the biggest wound conference in Europe and the next Yuma conference will be held in London on the 13th to the 15th of May, so save this date. If you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, do not forget to press like and share with your colleagues. Take care. Until next time. <laughs>